3: Uh, it's a Monday episode. Welcome back. Welcome back to the week. How many weeks left do we have in the season? Is this four or five? Four?
1: Uh, four? Like three, three and a half? Three, four, four,
3: four full weeks. Yeah. That is uh Is no. that a sad thing or is that an exciting thing? Are you sad about that or are you excited that that means that the playoffs are right around the corner? <sighs> bittersweet. That's how I would say. It's a bittersweet
1: it's better sweep. Yeah. Not not sad about it. Not angry about the end of the season coming.
3: Ah, yes. Yes. Um which is interesting because uh I you know, I guess we can we can talk about it. now. Are you are you is it weird that the A's swept the Angels over the uh weekend here?
1: No, they're That's a better team. a bad
3: thing cuz now you're You're not in dead last place, you almost want to be in dead last place. You have a better chance of the number one pick.
1: Yeah, I, I just, um, I don't really subscribe to that. I appreciate that. If this were the NBA or the NFL, it'd be much more of a thing, much more of a thing. Um, But if I'm thats the
3: difference between a a Paul Skeens or not.
1: Yeah, that's great. We don't know that Paul Skeens gets to the big leagues. You know, like, like I, I understand the trajectory. I understand the idea behind it. I, I get it. There's a lot of one ones that never made it to the big leagues, though, a lot. And um, when you think about a team that hasn't really shown a history when it comes to making large financial commitments to players in the draft, there's a solid chance that that one of one would be asked to take a large discount if that were the case. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how well that's going to set with a potential one of one amateur player. So while on the surface, it's super exciting. Oh, you got the one of one. Um, there's some things that you have to consider when you're talking about the one on one, like the organization and what their track record is and the idea that every one of one doesn't just mean this is a organizational changing selection and it works out every year. Yeah.
3: Just say, just say your organization sucks. Like, that's pretty much what you're saying. Those are just, <clears> we get it. Those are facts that are related by the A's to and get every called team. up by the Be like the Royals, by the Las yeah. Vegas Barracudas. Like, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. They're the aviators. Um, by the time whoever gets drafted this uh next July um I wasn't going to get into it right now but Jackson Holiday 19 years old already promoted to triple A started the season in single A got promoted to triple A today
1: I mean the dude very well could end up on the roster when it's all said and done is that going to happen probably not this year this year I'm 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 saying the way things have gone, like there's no chance that happens. Do you think the Orioles, an organization who's just come out and talked about the need to, hey man, it's going to be tough paying these younger players here in the future, you know, it's like Orioles fans didn't want to hear that. And when that came out, I think that would all but tell you how they're going to handle a guy like Jackson Holiday. You think they're going to start his clock any sooner than they have to? Probably not. Now he has swung his way to the highest level before the big leagues, and there's a chance he starts next year in double A and then to triple A. And then who knows? He may start in triple A. And they tell him, look, dude, give us a reason to not put you in the big leagues. And we'll see how that goes. But if two weeks into this thing, three weeks into this thing, next year, you're raking. Grandes, here we go.
3: <sighs> They're doing it with everybody else. Everybody's getting called up. Like that service time yeah. manipulation, the new the new trend is like that's not what it where it's at manipulating service time is out so i wouldn't be surprised they call him up this year kind of Mm. but at least i would not be surprised if he starts with the team next year they need the good pr they need the good (laughs) pr the stank the stank is still on them a little bit um but as always on monday we start the show with uh some headlines. And by the way, I want to tease this because I I was confused. I thought I thought we would be sans Jay Hay today, but it's Thursday. We don't have you.
2: That's correct. I'm flying across the country for a wedding.
3: Jay Hay flying across the country on Thursday for a wedding, not even his his own family, not even his own family. It's getting in the way now. Not even a baseball wedding.
2: So I'm right. saying, Just to-
3: it's a slippery slope you start letting people miss time for family stuff then it's that oh now someone else's family stuff and now i have to miss more right. time mm-hmm. yeah it's pathetic but we do have jay Hay today uh and i I, th- I thought i came up with a little idea i came up with a little idea that i wanted to run by uh the panel on this episode particularly when we get to the um uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Mookie Betts MVP discussion, which is going to be a theme throughout the course of the, the remainder of the season, the remainder of the month of September. And uh, just a little, just a little something I thought of that I think, I think the the listeners at home would, would get a real kick out of. So we'll discuss that when we get there. But first Joseph and, and leave, leave Mookie slash Acuna slash Braves Dodgers out of this. Okay. What Because that'll be its its own thing. What stood out to you over the weekend? Other than that, what stood out to me over the weekend? Well, you know, I'm thinking on the fly here, but embrace mm-hmm. the Martian. Embrace the Ooh, Martian. I come Okay. Um, Getting your first big league bomb off Verlander. First mm-hmm. swing ever. That was pretty mm-hmm. sick. Opposite field. And then the Yankees go in and just dick slap the Astros in the face. Who the heck saw that coming? And now not me. Not me either. And and, and I don't know if that makes you rethink who you think is going to win the West, because I think we're all kind of on the Astros. But now you're looking at Astros fans saying, like, this team sucks. You know, crap. You know, we couldn't, you know, we can't hit the broad side of a barn. They're trashing their own team. We had a guy, um, also they had the guy, um, do interference on the field. The what now? And The guy did interference fan. on the field and got interviewed. So what I just what? did was three storylines in one, one series, three games, three storylines. I think the main takeaway. What, what interference <laughs> are you talking about? I'm you didn't gonna, see a this? Fan.
1: A fan reached over the fence, touched a foul ball, and then they interviewed him for five minutes afterwards. Yeah. Oh. Let's, let's not promote that
3: behavior. Well, dude, it was a funny interview. How how did you not see this? Yeah, I didn't it see was, it. It was pretty funny. It was <clears throat> Dallas. What's stood out to you over the weekend?
1: Um, I, I think what has it's not that it's just starting to stand out. It's that it it uh, it is something that we almost try to intentionally ignore, and come up with reasons why it won't. And then inevitably we land where we're at right now. Going, why did we ever? And I think Jay and I kind of talked about this last time, but the you know the Dodgers. Uh, but watching Miller, um, just the fucking the absurdity with which they continue to answer the bell. Now look, they dropped two out of three from the Braves over the weekend, but three out of four. It what's there, Three out of four. It it is uh, it, it is watching a dude like and and I think it's kind of like the only reason I even. Think about it is because you've got Bueller bouncing back as well, right? Like um <clears throat> made his first outing coming back or on his way back. Two perfect innings. Um, Gavin Stone behind him threw the piss out of the ball, which is just another name coming. Um, but then you've got Bryce Miller doing what he did. And it just it's, – it's like the, Bobby the Dodgers Miller. just <laughs> don't – did I say Bryce? Yeah. They well, just are keep he, coming. Are you worried they about Urias? coming um i probably which is why maybe i <clears throat> i think i gravitate towards that because when it's you know when one door closes another one opens so it's like uh is there any chance that the dodgers get to have all these doors open at the same time
3: it doesn't feel like it for this year but, but that's but, but even st- if
1: it, but even if they're not open that that's i guess that's what this weekend showed me is like fuck man it just seems like You know, we talked about the Astros never being healthy. Haven't been healthy altogether all year long. This is one of the first times that it's been so. And for the Dodgers, a lot of the same. And here they are with a two-week lead in the division, and they just continue to play great baseball. Again, outside of how this weekend went, the depth of the Dodgers is what what just continues to stand out.
3: Jay, hey, what stood out to you? So I'm going to cheat
2: a little bit because it's not really anything that happened over the weekend, but it is since the last time we podcast and it bleeds over into what starts today. Uh, I was very surprised to get off the podcast on Thursday and learn shortly after that that the Cleveland Guardians had claimed Lucas, Lucas Giolito, uh, among others, off of uh, waivers. And uh, I think of all the teams that we talked about as possible options for Giolito and the rest. Uh I certainly didn't bring up the Guardians and I don't believe anybody else did. Uh Mm-mm. it's it's a little bit confusing, obviously, when you juxtapose that decision to spend, I think it was three point five million dollars for their salaries over the remainder of the season when you actively sold at the deadline when you were objectively closer to the postseason, both in terms of games behind the twins and also just postseason odds. Um But it's somewhat intriguing at the same time. Um, I can't bash the move. It's and it 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 relates to what's happening right now this week, because probably the biggest series of the season in terms of will the Guardians have any sort of chance to make a playoff push begins today against the three game stand against the Twins. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's Giolito and Pablo Lopez going today Um, and. To me, if it's just money that the Guardians are spending, I applaud it. And that's great. Um, see what you can do. See if you can sweep this series, perhaps, and give yourself, you know, a gap of uh, two or three games over the remainder of the season uh, to try and claw back. So uh, that was very surprising to me. I'm interested to see whether it can pay any dividends. And, and uh, you know, they played a little bit of spoiler for a lot of teams that I think were envisioning Giolito as part of a a locked-in postseason piece.
3: Do you think that the system is flawed because a team like the Guardians can put in a claim for essentially whoever they want, and it it shouldn't... Should it be like, all right, you want... You're, you're first in line, so you can pick any one of the players that you can claim Giolito, but once you claim Giolito, you, you go to the back of the line, you can't have Ronaldo Lopez, too.
2: I'm not sure that I would be bothered if they changed that rule or tweaked it accordingly. I, I think what I don't think is messed up is it should go in reverse. Right. I know. Are we all on the same page there that teams like the Guardians should get a chance before teams like the twins? Like that's how it yeah, is now. It does go that way. No, I know that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm saying that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is correct mm-hmm. the way that it is. If you wanted yes. to yeah. do like a waiver reset after you make a claim. Well, sure. I just, like- this is so unique that I- I'm hesitant to make any broad claims about the system not working because I don't recall the last time that a guy with Giolito's brand name switched teams this late into the season via the waiver process. I know the well, rules you are played, right. but Yeah, y-
1: you played fantasy football. Yeah. I, I, I know assume. how it works. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you understand how that waiver wire works, and that's, I think, what everybody... <laughs> and, it, <laughs> like- and
3: it also pisses off the league when that happens in fantasy football, too. <laughs> like, What's that? You're a-, a team like the Guardians is being rewarded for... Being this deep into the season and not well, as good as the twins. No, that's
1: that's the thing, is it does that can't happen in fantasy football. In yeah. fantasy football, you get one guy and then you go to the back of the line. And here they've been you able to get You can have as claim.
3: many guys as you want.
1: Right. And that's not how it works in fantasy football, is what I'm saying. So you don't get to do that. But so people, in baseball
3: in, in fantasy football oh, would get pissed if you just dropped like seven of your best players out of nowhere.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why That's I, mean, that's why I like the, the two comparisons to make when the Angels did what they did was the online rage quit. Fuck it. I'm done. Here's everybody. Uh, it's over. Or the guy who in week 10 realizes that he's done in fantasy football and just starts dropping players for no reason to flood the free agent pool and piss the entire league off. That guy gets his team locked. Those players get put back on his team, and then he gets kicked out of the fucking league. That's how that works. So in real life, in baseball, when you can't do that, this is why people are like, uh, man, like I get it. The teams that aren't in a great position should have first crack at bolstering themselves. But should the worst team have the first crack at, say, taking everybody available if they're willing to spend it? Because what this has done, in my opinion, has created sort of a tax loophole for teams who are not interested in trading away prospects because we've talked about how teams value prospects differently. And there's a monetary attachment to them that might change from organization to organization. So instead of trading prospects at this time of the season, now we're just exchanging money. So it's about the guardians and their willingness to spend money based on the players that are available to them. And they're saying, look, we'd rather write this check." Then send multiple prospects away for a rental, if you will. This guy's no longer a rental; he's ours, and it's just about whether or not we're willing to to spend the money
2: on him. For sure, but so, like, but but let's consider how often the idea that a team buys a valued trade commodity piece at the deadline and then is putting them on waivers a month later. Like that's that's the part that I'm like, I'm just hesitant to go to get like upset about because we really don't see this and it took like everything going wrong for the angels to land in this spot and for the guardians to be in a position or anyone to be in a position to claim giolito or anybody else you know what i mean
3: what's stopping but what's stopping a team like the angels oh they didn't do this but what's stopping them from dropping shohei right now and saving money on shohei and then he goes to the guardians or a similar player like an actual star player who you know you're not going to resign the next year and you can yeah, save the, the, a way bigger chunks of money.
2: Well, there is zero the possibility preventing of compensation. That from happening. I, I, I mean, I think there are several things preventing it from happening. The idea that the Angels presumably still want to have some semblance of chance of resigning Shohei Otani, the idea that, um, you know, they might receive some level of compensation if Shohei Otani leaves. I there's no incentive for them to drop otani to save that money i mean for if you're talking about a legitimate star level player well, the downside would seem to outweigh the upside in just about every single scenario possible well, let, let, let's ask the, unless let's you're ask talking about a guy way, who's not you? a fucking star which is anthony rendon in which case nobody's going to claim him because nobody it's wants that contract and it's so underwater debatable so so if you claim shohei
1: and you're or excuse me if you're the angels Isn't that a math question? How much are we valuing this compensation pick? How much is that pick worth? And how much are we getting out from under by moving Shohei? Because that's where, in my opinion, it becomes a simple math question. How much do you think that pick is worth? And is it worth what you're paying Shohei Otani right now? Or are you paying him significantly more than what you think that pick is worth? And if it's significantly more, then why is he hanging around still? If that's what you're well, trying what, to do, is get rid of But if it's this. a
2: simple math equation, wasn't it? Wasn't it answered by them not doing that? Didn't they do the Saying math that and come to the conclusion then but, that it wasn't worth doing? Well, they've only well, that's only I think based on nobody they did that. The a team just, to him, but not a what single mean, not team a single in team baseball did it. There was not a single star did. level player who just, who in Joey's hypothetical, just got dropped by his team to save money. So in my opinion, well, because it's showing, this is a show for me, really this is a show that, a conversation. So the, the things stopping them are numerous, or they did the math on it and said, that doesn't make sense for us based on what we want to do next year, what compens, like the compensation we might get for him, uh, whatever. So I just, it, if it's, I don't think it's Aaron a judge conversation though. That's not an Aaron
1: Judge conversation. That's not a Francisco Lindor conversation. That's not a any other star player conversation because they're on a different team than the Angels and they're not Shohei Otani. That's where... Okay, but they didn't because, do it. and it, because, because of how the Angels operate. Like, what if they told you about how they're operating that has made sense to you?
2: So you're telling me that if the <laughs> Angels had put Shohei Otani on waivers for free, you would have called that a smart business decision. No,
1: I am simply asking a question of how much do we think the angels are valuing the compensation pick, right? I'm asking that question. And from there, I'm asking you to think about how the angels have done business. And if it is money, that is the issue, which they showed when they dropped four or five players then I'm asking, why would they stop at Otani? Because it would make sense to get out from underneath that money. But the only reason that they're not is because it's Otani, and because they would like to keep him. But no other sensical decision factors into that outside of it being Shohei Otani, and they want to keep him because everything else they've done
2: has showed you that it doesn't make much sense. I believe... Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but I believe the people that they did cast aside in Giolito and Lopez and those guys got them underneath the tax threshold that they needed to get under in order to receive the compensation pick for Otani if he leaves, or the better compensation pick for Otani. It, if it he went leaves.
3: from it went from a pick after the fourth round to a pick after to, the second round. Right. So but that's that's get, another but reason why
2: I don't think Otani leave like them casting Otani off for free would make financial sense because they already accomplished now the financial the goal. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't get the pick and you already accomplished the financial get under the tax by letting the guys go who really don't matter.
3: The funny thing mm-hmm. is they didn't get under the tax because no one claimed Gritchick. So it just didn't work. They're still over the tax.
1: That's that true? That's facts. And if that's a fact, then we're in the same spot we were just in. And letting those players go didn't get them to the spot they wanted to be for compensation if it's two more rounds. And so that would be another part of the question I'm asking is where they sit right now, are they happy with that as as far as compensation for Otani? If not, they needed to move somebody else. Where are we seeing that
2: they didn't get under the tax? Because Jeff Fletcher via the OC register says that they did per fan graphs, even though the 2023 calculations are not official until December.
3: Well then maybe I'm wrong and then like we could cut that. Well, where part did you out. see that? I saw yeah, on Twitter. Me, where did you see it? it? All right. <laughs> okay. I but, saw on Twitter.
2: Like I don't know for sure either, yeah, but, but like I looked after you said that because that I hadn't seen that. And all I'm seeing is that while it's unofficial before the tax calculations go in December, they're below the two thirty three mark because five of the six guys were claimed, which knocked five million off their payroll.
1: Yeah. And look, I understand that Sean was just drafted like seven minutes ago and is in the big leagues with the Angels. But like the history of fourth round picks and beyond that have made it to the to the big leagues with the Halos. What does that track record look like here as of late? That's simply why I asked the question about the value based on what this team has done and the efforts that they've made. And what it ultimately means, because now I think the question is, okay. Are they weighing the value between the fourth-round compensation pick and a second-round compensation pick? Is that what's keeping Otani in the building? Like I, yeah, I'm
3: just, so Angel's <laughs> salary dump still left them above luxury tax threshold. So they're still above it because no one claimed Gritchick.
2: Right, but but according to what?
3: New York Post, the Daily Register in LA, uh, Los Angeles Times, Forbes, Yahoo Sports, and trade rumors.
2: Because fangraphs and the OC register have the exact opposite information. I'm not sure if we need to get bogged down in this anymore, but it, I think the point stands on its well, time. That's,
1: well, I think this last point that Joey made is something to consider. You can't just sweep that under but, the rug. If you're well, res, I'm not sweeping it under the rug. I'm the just tab.
2: reading directly conflicting information. Right. Dude, from I'm not sweeping it under the rug. I'm just outlets. not assuming it's the way that it is, because as of August 31st at tw- uh, on the OC Register website, which is still up, it's saying the exact opposite, and it is acknowledging that Grichik was not claimed. So it's not it's not some oversight or assumption that Grichik was claimed. Yeah. So, so, somebody, so somebody's so somebody's
1: what somebody's math is just not right.
2: <laughs> What's going on here, right? dude? Somebody is definitely. I got, <laughs> <room>. I
1: got
2: <laughs> yeah, like six articles up <laughs> saying they're not
3: on. They didn't get they didn't work. And then Jay has got three articles saying, yep, worked. <laughs> what the fuck, man?
2: You can't. Dude, who would shit. know
3: something like this? I'm going to ask Passan.
2: Yeah, I don't care what that, the huh? answer is necessarily. I would love the answer, though. So if he has that, that'd be super cool
1: well the only reason the only reason i'm I'm saying anything about it is again because i I'm asking these questions and nobody's answered them and that had a big part to do with it you know your 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 response was well they made the move to get under it mean, I think I did tab. answer it
2: though I think i I think I, I did answer it
1: no I, I'm saying what I'm asking is this what they're thinking the value of having these compensation picks are
2: they comparing that to the value of otani well So, so just to back up for a second, if, if they don't, if Otani is on the roster, so so say, uh, Joey's sources are correct here and that they did not get Mm -hmm. under because of Gritchick and Otani Mm -hmm. leaves, they still get a Mm -hmm. comp pick. It's just not as good as the comp pick that they would get if they got under that threshold. So letting Otani walk. So what, so the math here, it would seem to be with the angels is that they valued even the worst compensation pick if Otani leaves plus the the chance of them being able to resign Otani, whatever percentage chance that is, over the say- dollar savings that they would have got, plus the embarrassment to their franchise by letting Otani walk for free. So I think that's the math that we're talking about, right?
3: So right. passing mm-hmm. is saying that no one knows for sure <laughs> because <laughs> like, it's not a matter of one side says yes, the other says no, no one actually knows for sure but the max stasi uh what did he get put on the restricted list? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That that may have gotten them under. Wow. Well,
1: here so that's so maybe <laughs> yeah. we'll so just need was, to wait it, it may have been and a, put a, a pin a in, it in it. And I'll tell you guys Remember. this. There's going to be information that comes out later that puts a bow on that conversation right there. And I'm it's not my place to talk about it. So just know that there will be information that comes out later regarding that. I could give it to you right now. That's not what I'm here to do, though. That's not my job.
3: Uh, So, yeah, it it sounds like Randall Gritchick not getting claimed may have thrown a snag in the operation, but Max Stassi getting put on the restricted list may have been the move that got the Angels under the luxury tax so that they can receive the... Pick after the second round versus the pick after the fourth round when Shohei Otani inevitably signs elsewhere. A lot of math. <laughs> Big <laughs> smells fishy, dude. Smells something smells I, fishy. I love I love shit in baseball where it's like you know one you just no one fucking knows. Everyone is just uh, speculating, but I take Passen's word on it that it's not a definitive thing and that the Max Stassi thing may have gotten them under. That's where we're at. <laughs> That's the official word of of, uh, gospel. The best Thursday of the year is coming up, and it's all about NFL opening night. Football is back. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is hooking up new customers with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Place your first $5 NFL bet To score $200 in bonus bets instantly, DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Uh, Check the app to see what you get. Don't wait till kickoff to get in on the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly. When you bet just $5, that is promo code Jared, only on the DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467 369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800Gambler.net. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus. most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com/football terms.
2: I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg this is the deal. Each week you'll hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
2: want to do another stomp you out speech. It
1: opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal.
3: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, all right. We, I feel like we were, uh, we were on the one yard line last week with the baseball is dead parlay. And uh, that's on me when it's really not it's more it's more on robbert you were almost there
1: you it's are on almost sports there sports
3: books uh, everyone else hit except for me i had juan soto 2 plus total bases who had a hit and a walk and again a walk should count as a total base so really we did hit it's just they haven't adjusted the rules accordingly uh, so that's where we got screwed. It wasn't because of a lack of information. It wasn't because of a lack of correct picks. It was a lack of understanding um, from the gambling world. And also Rob Manfred is responsible as well. Uh, so you can take that up with with Rob Manfred for the parlay not hitting last week. But this one, it's a different feeling. It's a new day. It's a new Monday to throw in a BID parlay pick. And uh, you know what? I deserve to go last. So that's why I'm going to go first. And the pick is Bryce Harper, two plus total bases. The Philadelphia Phillies at 640 p.m. Eastern Standard are going up against the San Diego Dads. Rich Hill, the lefty on the mound. He's 55 years old with a 5.26 ERA over the last two months since July 1st. Bryce Harper, seventh in Major League Baseball in slugging percentage against lefties. He's hitting 393 with a 770 slug. That's a 1257 OPS against left handed pitching. Bryce Harper, two plus total bases, is the pick.
2: Dallas, left on left, huh?
3: Mm-hmm. Bryce
1: Harper, Rich Hill. I like that. It's a lot of faith in yeah. Bryce Harper, right there. I like that. Uh, I just
3: said he has a he has a seven seventy slugging against left handed pitching. I, it's, over said, the last it's two said, months.
1: But left on left. I like it. A lot of confidence in Bryce Harper. I'm not. I'm not. The guys are Feel like feel like a couple individuals may have woken up a little defensive this morning. I like to see that. It's Monday. It's okay to hate life. It's, it's okay. I'm feeling good. It's today. okay. It's okay. Oh, no, hey, I believe you. I believe you. Um, I am going to go with the Baltimore Orioles and the money line because Kenny Rosenberg is pitching for the Angels. Um. Yep, that's all I needed. Kenny Rosenberg pitching against the Angels or pitching against the Orioles, I'm going I'm going with the Orioles. Kenny Rosenberg has I think 5 innings this year, S- 6, 7 maybe ish. So, uh I'm rolling with the O's who are rolling into Haloville. Probably going to take 2 out of 3 there. Might even sweep them. But I got to tell you, the Halos things are not going great right now for the Halos. Coming off coming off a little bit of a skid this week. Don't have to get into it, I'm not going to tell you that the A's swept the halos. That's not what this conversation is about. This is about picking the BID parlay. So we can talk about the A's raking over the weekend some other time. Okay. Joseph.
3: Great picks. Both of you guys. Great picks. I'm going with um, Juan Soto to get a hit. Wow. (laughs) Against. Wait for it. Hmm. Anyone know who Juan Soto's facing today? Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker. Rushes Taiwan Walker. And he hit a he hit a home run in three straight games. What's what? Yeah. Someone save. Someone save Juan Soto. Uh, Justin Havens.
2: Uh, I am gonna double down on. My Pirates hate. Um, I'm going wow. Brewers money line. Corbin Burns on the bumpy, name TBD on the bumpy for the Pirates. Uh, the Brewers are 7 3 against the Pirates this season, have outscored them by 21 runs. And Corbin Burns in his last ten starts against the Buckos, the Brewers are eight and two. I'm going to ride with those trends. Uh, the fact that Corbin Burns is good, the Brewers are good, and the Pirates are bad. Here we go. Win streak I'm ends sh- today.
3: It already ended. Oh wait, I thought you—you know—you know—you were so close to in Dallas to Jersey yesterday. Mm. What was that about? Six game win streak for the for the Pirates were one away. At a no, no one saw it coming, and they. Phew, Blew it, last chance. <laughs> Pirates are hot. So it's it's crazy that Jey is going against the Pirates right now because they are hot. That's
1: takes balls to go against the Pirates.
2: It does right take now. balls. It does take balls. I think half my parlay picks this year have been betting against the Pirates spiteful? in some form or fashion. Just spiteful. Yeah. Spiteful is a way to describe it. Well, them. I'm red hot right now. Two two straight wins, ready to <laughs> climb atop the leaderboard. Actually, I don't want to climb the top of the leaderboard because that means somebody would have gotten it wrong and we can't have that. We, I want to win this week. I'm ready. I'm hungry for a win.
1: Jay Hay would like to take uh, the Dodgers against the Los Angeles Boys and Girls
2: Club team. And uh, <laughs> is <This isn't laughs> co- not to- college football. Come on. Um, the, uh, terrible. sport. Yeah, terrible sport. It's fun. It'd be like. Be like inviting like some shitty double a team to your home opener so you can fucking pound their brains in. Some independent league team, right. some poor. Oh, well, then I'm pretty sure Dallas's boys just got crushed by one of those teams, didn't they? Blessed versions. We don't of need the, to talk about that. It you know,
1: wasn't crushed. We're talking about a fucking double overtime ball game, Joey. Crushed double overtime ball game.
2: Crushed. <laughs> Save
3: know. it. All right. Well, get them next week. There are some That's people right.
2: on the Reddit thread. Well, suggesting that we are losing on purpose and i don't like that kind of talk because i can tell you right now i'm getting no kickback on these losses so (laughs) right (laughs) these are real trying to win and we're red hot and i feel like it's going to be our week
3: also uh we lost because of me I always try to win. Yeah. If anyone's going to throw something for nefarious reasons, it's going to be Dallas. He's crooked. Or me. What? He's a, an employee of the Oakland a- Yes. Good point. You work for the A's, <laughs> Good point. dude.
1: I, I have the most integrity out oh of anybody on this Oh, my God. This, my yes. God. Yes. You, no, you don't. You want to do integrity you, power rankings openly, right now? Wow. Yes, yes. Yes, you we we openly
3: admitted to cheating in Major League Baseball.
1: No, I openly admitted to performing within the confines of the game.
3: No, 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 Yes. No, yes I have yes, podcasted yes. with
2: integrity yes. every fucking day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no.
3: <laughs> yeah. No. Joe, well, did it. Dallas admit to cheating in the interview with you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh, many other interviews with uh, many other people. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. No, I don't want to
1: hear about integrity. See, hey, integrity, being able to admit when something you may have done might have rubbed some other people the wrong way. Integrity.
3: (laughs) I know. Yeah, I guess. I don't. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, that's not integrity. That's the definition of it. I just defined integrity here. You want a visual definition? Yeah. (laughs) Is that your face? Yeah. Me, integrity. That's what you see when you look it up in the dictionary. This fucking grill i guess um well
3: speaking of numbers and things of that nature uh i was doing a little this is something that i kind of thought of very vaguely in, in the past but never really uh thought of a way to come up with a system a way to put it into place and i think it could be fun because the whole podcast can be involved here I'm open to suggestions and tweaks, but here here so far is what I've got for this idea. Because I remember, I think it was 2016, 2015, one of those years, Mike Trout was just going to cakewalk to another MVP. And it was because he was leading the league in wins above replacement. And I wrote a whole blog about how The MVP award has become the war award. And it's just whoever leads in war, you're the MVP. Case closed. You're an idiot if you disagree. So I would like to uh, come up with a new statistic that is mainly used for the MVP conversation. Where I will come up with a list of statistics. And I will give them quietly. This is going to be on the side. I'm going to give it to Dallas, to Joey, and to Jay Hay, maybe even Jake. And next to it, I'm going to ask you to put a number, 1 through 10, the importance, how heavily do you weigh the statistic. Then I'll take the average of all those numbers. And then in the case of Mookie Betts versus uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., we can see who leads who in these statistics, who has the better war, the better slug, the better OPS plus, the better WOBA, the, all of it. Weighted runs created plus. And there will be a weighted scale of, like you can be better in X amount of categories, but you it's like a point system where not all statistics are created equal. And we can come up with a point system to see What statistics mean more and matter more, especially in the MVP conversation. And that way we can have a better gauge on who really is having the better season. How do we how do we feel about that concept? I
1: I feel like I feel like we're trying to create the sequel to Goodwill hunting right now. And we got a we got a janitor who might not be so good at math trying to create math equations here for us. Well, it's
3: kind of like I always reference average game score. Mm -hmm. where it was essentially that. It was was a point system. Bill James came up with it, and it was a point system. Um, You could lose points. You could gain points, but it all came out to an average score. And every start, you would have a a game score, and then for the whole season, you would have an average game score. And back in the day when King Felix was winning the Cy Young award with a 13 and 12 record. And you had all the old people being like, he's only got 13 wins. His record is 13 and 12. How are you going to vote for him for Cy Young? Well, like those were the years where you would look at average game score. And at the end of it, it's like, yeah, those are the best pitchers. And it doesn't matter if he's 13 and 12 or whatever the record was. He was the best pitcher in the league for things that he could actually control. Do you? Do you like this? Do you like the baseball reference game score? Yes, but they don't have average game score. No, they just give it's. That. No. Ba- it's the same. It's the Bill it's James a- statistic. They just yeah. happen to keep game score, but they don't have a sortable average game score anymore. I can't. ESPN used to have it. They got rid of it a couple of years ago. Haven't haven't found it since. And I've like asked around, being like, "Hey, what's the deal? Like, where can I find it?" No
1: one has it. Dude, same thing with Brooks Baseball. Like you used to be able to go on to uh used to be able to go into the game logs and click on the pitch counts and that would take you to Brooks Baseball which would give you a great breakdown on pitch usage and swing and miss, whiff, contact like just give you the nuts and bolts and now it's fucking gone. Been gone. Not great. Um
3: <clears throat> But yeah how do we feel about the concept for coming up with a weighted scale for different statistics to help in uh, MVP conversation? I mean, I
1: think it's a I think it's a fun exercise. Yeah. just i i I always go back to the the one thing that will um in in my opinion, in my humble opinion, the one thing that deters nerds, and I say that lovingly, the folks who put baseball into mathematical and numerical context for us to digest um. That is that's important, but the the romance and the argument of Aaron Judge and what he meant to the New York Yankee, like that has to be part of the equation too. And I love the fact that you just can't quantify that and that there's always going to be that as a rebuttal for every person out there who believes it's an individual statistic to be one based on personal production. There's going to be an individual who says, yeah, but what this guy has meant to his team and what he's doing on top of that, that matters too. And that team's headed to the postseason. So there's all these other outside variables that factor into that. So when you talk about creating this statistic, I think of it as leaning more towards an individual award conversation as opposed to having room for the romance in the conversation. Not saying that there's not room for that. That's just yeah. Like I, I do. I think it would be a fun exercise because it's, I think it's cool to have conversations where you try to eliminate the other side of the argument just to see if you can come up with a different perspective. Doesn't mean you agree with it. So yeah, I, you know, ultimately I'd be interested to see what your uh, crazy statistics are. Like, are you talking about value in home runs?
3: I mean, I think it's, you're talking I think about it's it's mostly
1: you're talking um, about value and RBI, Jared. You're talking about giving a shit yeah. whether a guy whether or not guys <laughs> drive in runs. Like, is that going to matter?
3: I'm I'm talking about how much do we value stone the stolen base?
1: Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, the, and and that's why this conversation is so fun is because this is what the game could look like. This is what the baseball reference pages could start to look like thirty years from now, right? If the guys who are logging black ink right now and stolen bases start to become valuable, the guys who are putting the bat on the ball, if Luis Arias is is starting to get broken off and he's starting to get breaded up, like now the game starts to change and the players playing it start to look different and how they're playing the game and where they're valuable starts to change. Like the dude who used to sock 50 and stand in left field or DH might not now be as valuable as the dude who's hitting 15 to 20, maybe 22, but is hitting 370, if that's going to be a thing. And he's going to swipe 40, if that's going to be a thing. Like, damn, game looks a little different now, littered with those dudes. Yeah. Jay, hey, how do you feel about this system?
2: I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm, I'm certainly not looking at one statistic uh, to determine who wins the MVP. Um, and I don't really think any vote, uh, I'm sure some are, I guess, but I don't think most voters are doing that, uh, specific to the base running. I'm, I'm interested to dive into that or the stolen bases because I did see, uh, a pretty interesting stat over the weekend that, and I don't have it in front of me, although I should, that, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s contributions on the base paths in terms of total base runs, like base, uh, base runs added. Uh, Is not appreciably different than Freddie Freeman's, despite the uh, increase in stolen bases because of, you know, all the other things that go into base running value uh, that aren't captured in stolen bases or even stolen base success rate. Um, So I don't know. I just I know you evoked the Mike Trout, um, you know, war season as kind of the impetus for this idea I'm just fascinated because we've had MVP races that went into September that featured two guys that were basically indistinguishable from each other in terms of value. Um, I don't recall a season where we had three, I'm sure there have been, but three guys and three guys who are really truly in the conversation too, and not just casually mentioned out of legacy or respect two on the same like team that. and two on the same team two on the same team. um and that's without getting <laughs> that's into padarous. the fact that you know the fourth most likely mvp voter is also uh captured on the braves too so um yeah i just i the 63 pops off right the 30 60 season pops off the page but um you know the fact that they're so close in base running to me is absolutely fascinating And the fact that just Freddie Freeman is an elite base runner overall, putting aside whatever Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing uh, that's outstanding this year, just, you know, for lots of reasons, Freddie Freeman does not evoke great base runner if you're just casually tuning in to watch the game. But if you're watching a lot of the subtle things that he does and the risks that he takes and doesn't take and how efficient he is uh, in running the bases, it it starts to make a little bit more sense.
3: Well, yeah, Freddie's actually the one who taught Ronald how to run. So, there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, hmm. makes all the sense.
3: I'm intrigued. <clears throat> I'm intrigued to see how it shakes out. Kind of, it is like it's a pain in the ass to. There's so many different statistics to. Well, look that's why I
1: like. I almost think we should all like. How many? How many statistical categories were you thinking about coming up with? And 20? that's where I think I think we should like, all come to the table with a list of categories. Yeah, I mean, like and then, I, and then I, we can start going go in Venn diagram like, all right, what are the common ones? Right. And then yeah. let's take a look at, at from there. We can start marking things off, having conversations about about what that stat looks like. Why arguing for arguing against. Yeah. Like, I like I like that.
3: I don't. I. I think we'll definitely ha- have some newer statistics in there, but I don't want to get into the territory where it's like now we're just throwing stats in there to throw stats in there to sound you, smart. You're not trying to
1: get X woven and Sierra out of your tits right now.
3: Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Sierra. So, yeah, like that. That's the thing. Is like, yeah. It's like people will tell you Sierra is better than FIP, better than ERA, and that might be true, but. It's so like the casual fan is like, it's kind of like overwhelming. It's like, what what the fuck is Sierra? Like if they don't talk about it on TV, I guess that's not the best barometer because it took TV years to even acknowledge OPS,
1: <laughs> but yeah, not, not the best.
3: But anyways, Joe, how big of a problem is it for you that Ronald Acuna Jr. got married before the series uh, against the Dodgers? I think he went about it the right way, you know? get married with the polo on the day of the game and still play that night. I mean, that's Braves baseball right there. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get married, play that night and make it take 12 hours at most. Less, (laughs) probably four hours. You know, probably was in the ballpark by around 2 o'clock to get his early work in, to do his drills and everything.
1: Shout out Pudge Rodriguez. There you go. Who got married who got married at the ballpark and then got called up to the big leagues. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a hall of famer. (laughs) That's a hall of famer. (laughs) Married at the minor league park and then called up to the Grandes. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) That is awesome.
3: I, I know it's more of a broader question and maybe we don't have the full context yet. I mean, we definitely don't have the full context yet to be able to answer the question definitively, but Uh, I guess it's more of a a forecasting question. After this weekend. Where where does the 2023 Atlanta Braves team rank in terms of like the best teams of our lifetime? Because they're going to be in that conversation like this Braves team this year championship or not. uh, Obviously, winning the championship helps uh, immensely. But if we're just going based on regular season before the playoffs. And I know that all great teams are uh, evaluated and measured based on, did they win the world series or not? Uh, But the best team doesn't always win the world series. Sometimes it's not that team, but where all right, let me rephrase. If the Braves go on to win the world series this year, where, where will this team rank amongst the best teams that we've ever seen in our lifetime? Uh,
1: I mean, without putting a number on it, I don't Like, up there i mean what you know what do you want me to say <laughs> up there like really really high up there i think there's some comparisons to be made when you start going you know across the board and you're thinking about what makes the team great is it the ridiculous lineup are you are you factoring in the fact the that- top
3: five guys in their fucking lineup have 30 homers pretty much
1: yeah well are, are, are like are you also factoring in the idea that they're going to be there together for a long time. Like, is that, you know, or are we talking just, statistical? no, right. just
3: in a vacuum this season alone, what this team is be able to accomplish from a baseball perspective. Like they're breaking offensive records. Um, like they're going to like the, the, the 30, 60 season from Acuna is going to be a, a, a thing that we look back on. But like I said, you go down the lineup and you've got Albies, uh, you've got I mean Albies I think is the only dude that doesn't have 30 yet. he's got like 28 but then Matty O, awesome he's going to
1: hit 50
3: huh I said
1: Oli's going to hit 50
3: right yeah like Ozuna hitting fifth with 30
2: I mean I think the answer I'd be comfortable with assuming a World Series victory is one of the 10 best teams of my lifetime um, 10 yeah I was going to say top three I I, I was going to say maybe top five I mean, I think we are. I think we need to pump the brakes. I mean, I'm going back since 1985. That's my lifetime. Those are the baseball seasons that I've seen. I mean, I don't think the the ones that I'm I, I'm basically not willing to listen to are that they can't be better than the 1998 Yankees, um, who probably are one of the arguments for the greatest teams of all time. Oh, um, one Mariners. Right, but then, but then you get into the very uh, difficult conversation of how do you weigh the World Series victory? Because I looked at single season win percentage for every team since 1985, and if we remove 2020 seasons for this from this conversation, because those are a little bit more extreme, obviously, the best winning percentage is the '01 Mariners, the second best is the '98 Yankees, and the third best, the third best is the '95 Cleveland Indians. And the fourth best is the 22 Los Angeles Dodgers. So of the four highest single season winning percentages since 1985, one of those teams has won the world series. So Mm. how do you value? And then the next team is the 2018 red Sox, the 86 Mets, which I think have to be in the conversation for any best team of our lifetime talk. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I'm trying not to get caught up in the moment because they're obviously having a very special season, but their 6.62 winning percentage would be the ninth best single season mark, including 2020 seasons. And if you remove them, it's the seventh best season. So that to me feels like top 10 is a, is a good conversation. And if you really hmm. want to prioritize the World Series win, then yeah, you are talking probably top five, um, just hmm. based on objectively what they have accomplished. World Series got to mean something. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, no question. To.
1: No question. Because
3: then then it's like, oh, the C- Seattle Mariners. And what year was that when they won 113? They're the best team of all time.
2: No one thinks that. 2001. 2001. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody does think that. But I do think like. No. I, I would prioritize a World Series victory in these conversations, which is why I think it's just so easy to put the 98 Yankees as the best team of our lifetime. But. You know, I think. I think going back and looking at some of these teams that are in the top 10 and winning percentage that did not win the world series would be eye-opening about the quality of some of these rosters. Um, I think about the 95 Cleveland team all the time. And it's not just because that was the team that I rooted for. It's because it was one of the most preposterous teams in terms of offensive firepower that we have ever seen context of the steroid era or no. So it's like, do I think that team was a better team than, let's say, the 2019 Astros or, you know, I don't know, the 2004 Cardinals? I, I, yeah, I do, even though not all these teams win the World Series. I don't know. It's tough, but I think it's, I didn't think we'd be having that conversation about the 23 Braves and they have it all, really.
3: Yeah. Dallas, any uh, final Final words before you go watch some exhilarating Oakland A's baseball.
1: Uh, yeah, we got the Blue Jays coming to town. Um, just don't uh, don't avert your eyes from what's popping off in the AL West. There is a lot going on in the AL West. That's all. And the Oakland Athletics are coming, baby. Yeah. (laughs) AL West, looking for an exciting race down the stretch. You can find it in the al west yeah, and in a wild a's card
3: coming into play today are only 34 and a half games back
1: Ooh. so we just ran out of games really <laughs> yeah <laughs> just ran just ran out of games running out of season we'll catch you next year yeah they gotta
3: they gotta add more games to the schedule and then that green and gold are coming for that ass well it's I'm interesting in for- to say that actually the a's have clinched A spot in October. They will be playing on October 1st against the Angels. So, congrats to the A's and the Angels. You'll be in October this year.
0: That's right. Not everybody. It's not for everybody,
3: Joe. All right. All right, Dallas. Have a great game. Latres. Not that I would recommend it, but uh, Dallas sounds like he could use an ice-cold blue moon before going on the air tonight. Uh, Playoffs are just around the corner. So it's time to help your team out by sticking to your lucky rituals, like the ritual of enjoying an ice cold blue moon while the game is on. Blue moon was born in a ballpark. First brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one of a kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or you're watching from home. I had some blue moons over the weekend. Nice little holiday cookout was not complete without some steak on the grill. And some blue moon uh, in your hand sitting out on the deck with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored With refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish, Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience, perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a Blue Moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Brighten up your baseball traditions with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's a -a one-of-a-kind every time. Check out shop.blue moon, blue moon brewing for baseball merch and visit blue moon slash rocket to find your blue moon delivery options. That is blue moon slash rocket. Blue moon made brighter, celebrate responsibly. Blue moon brewing company, Golden Colorado Ale. Uh, not to move on from the Dodgers Braves series over the weekend, um, I'll ask you, Joe. You watch a lot of Braves baseball. Uh, I watch a lot of Braves and Dodger baseball. Taking three out of four over the weekend in the fashion that the Braves did against the Dodgers, who are once again one of the best teams in the National League. uh, Do you believe the gap between these two teams uh, is as wide as it appeared over the weekend? Oh I think it was it was telling. I was like pretty, 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 pretty accurate read on that. Because they won three out of four. It wasn't all blowouts. They're all, you know, first game was a one run game. Second game it was an eight seven was a close. I mean, all three wins were pretty close, but you know, the Braves outpowered them and came up clutch when they needed it because the lineup is just a lot deeper. And the pitching staff did what they had to do. I think. I think it, it's accurate. This is say the Dodgers could, couldn't beat the Braves in a playoff series. There's no chance. There's definitely a chance they could. But who's the better team? Who are you more confident in going to the playoffs? Definitely the Braves. They're better offensively, pitching staff wise. I mean, they say they're pretty even for starters, and the Dodgers bullpen has been probably their Achilles' heel this year. So, just going off based on that, I'm definitely thinking you're liking the Braves over the Dodgers right now. Jay, is the gap between the Dodgers and the Braves as big as it appeared over the weekend?
2: No. Um, but I still think the Braves are better. Uh, but I don't think that uh, I don't want to take too much away from single series results. Uh, if they played in the postseason as of right now i would take the braves to win but i think they are the two best teams in major league and how many in a seven game series i would probably take them to win in six would be my guess right now uh i think they're close and uh but you know single single series baseball can be a little funky um so i don't i don't want to read too much into that so that's my thought Hmm. the better team won but not to the degree that it showed over the weekend.
3: Hmm. The better team won, and you had Max Fried come in and dominate What seven scoreless. I mean, that's another guy who's like the Braves haven't had all year, hasn't been there, but like, if he's pitching like that off the injury and he's like the Max Fried of who, who Max Fried can be, that's probably the biggest exit factor the Braves have right now. <sighs> I mean, I... I I tend to agree with pretty much everything Jay Hay just said. The Braves are the better team. Uh, I don't know that the gap is as large as. Was demonstrated over the weekend, taking three out of four. If they played each other, I don't even want to say if like when they play each other in the postseason, I think a lot of people are still going to take the Braves rightfully so. Um, I just I the Braves have been there and done that like I don't. I think I would feel a lot differently if like, I don't know, no disrespect to them is just the first team that came to mind. If the Seattle Mariners were having a season like the Braves are having right now, then the thought would be more along the lines of, well, they've got to, they've got to win in October to, to, to le- legitimize what they've done all this year with what the Braves are doing. It's already legitimized yeah. because what you're seeing from a lot of these guys, they've already done it before as individuals, and they've already won in the postseason. Yeah. as a
2: team, the stakes for the Braves right now are what we were talking about before. Where do they fit in the pantheon of the best teams of the last X decades? Right? It's not. It's not prove it uh, that this core can get it done. We know they can get it done, and I know Acuna didn't play for the title run, but nobody's actually thinking that Ronald Acuna can't perform in the postseason. Right? Like that's not a storyline that's real or being given any credence. So yeah, I think this is uh, obviously you want to win the World Series and put the bow on it, but to me, this is this is about where is your place legacy wise and how are we going to look back on this current Braves run? Because like, you know, it's a very thin line between like when you're when you're talking about truly, truly great runs, it's a very thin line between, wow, that was really satisfying as a fan and that leaves me wanting a little bit more. Like I, if the Dodgers don't get a second title out of this run, I think as great as one title is, and I'm not somebody who dismisses the 2020 title, uh, as great as one title is, if you get one over a period of 10 to 12 years of utter dominance, that feels a little bit light. I think that's what Braves fans of the 90s would also say, despite how dominant those teams were. Yet if this Braves team wins their second title, I mean, I consider this current run basically a 2018 to the present sort of thing. Um, then you have two titles in six seasons and all of a sudden you're talking about, I think, no matter what happens from there on out, it's looked at as a as a complete success.
3: And then you have like eight more seasons with essentially
2: the same core. And that's yeah, the everything bu- else crazy is juice, part about right? It. or gravy.
3: That's when. You, well, that's when we're talking about. Oh, is this the greatest team ever? This one season, I'm kind of like, and who's who? Fucking knows, you know. Like, we're gonna have to yeah. see, and then it's like hard to compare that. But like, what the Braves really have a chance to do is like be a dynasty, one of the best of all time. Just because, like you said, this run started in 2018, and all these guys are signed to like 2028. Other than Max Freed, I think every single one of them, all these Azuna, you know, maybe not, probably not, obviously not Orlando Arcia, but other than that, the 2028. All these core guys are still going to be on the team. That's 10 fucking years of like being one of the top five teams in the league, at least.
2: And we can all rattle off those runs, right? That they're fighting to become a part of, right? Like the the current Dodgers run, the 90s Braves run, the 90s Yankees run, like the big red machine, et cetera, et cetera. Like go down the line of baseball history. You're right. That's That's what they're fighting for, given the you know the payroll and contract and talent and youth and trajectory situation that they have going on with the roster.
3: They have 26 games remaining on their schedule. They have to go 17 and 9 um to break their single season wins record. Who gives a fuck though about the regular season, bro? It's it's like the regular season I'm I, just saying, huh? I, just just for <laughs> reference, <laughs> they I'm they are 17 and nine is not crazy. Yeah. Like but- this team could go 17 and nine and then they would become the winningest team in Braves franchise history. I'm so, just- with all the 90s Braves and all the Hall of Famers and That's the what legends that have come through Atlanta, uh, this team has to go 17 and nine down the stretch here to finish as the winningest team in Braves franchise. But that's what I'm saying. It's like Braves fans don't give a shit. It's not like the Seattle Mariners in 2001, where it was like, well, we have a chance to have it. Like, this would be a big deal for us. The Braves have had sick regular seasons for like regularly for the past 30 years. And they've won one World Series. I mean, two, 95. That's so long ago. Wasn't even born. Don't even count that. But it's like the Braves have been so good and then been bad in the playoffs so many times. It's yeah, like, but when when yeah. you can say that this is the winningest team in the franchise's history, like that has to count for something.
2: Right?
3: It counts for something, but like what we're just talking about, we're talking, dude, us Braves guys, we're going for something bigger than that. We don't want one year; we want three, four years of championships because we got all these guys signed up for so so long. It just doesn't excite me really if the Braves have like one 110 games or have the best regular season record. To me, I wouldn't care at all because we're going to go to the playoffs and get shit on by Phillies like we did last year. Like, I would never, like, he's getting to a point where it's like, who cares? Like, you obviously have the division locked up in May. It, you know, it doesn't really matter how many games you win the regular season, it's about the playoffs. Because it's like, honestly, it's worse. If the Braves win, have the best record by far and set the record, it's just setting you up for failure because it's like you're in the playoffs and you lose. Like, I just rather them win 90 games, you know? See, I
2: I get it. Like with the track record of being really good during the regular season and then not delivering with the World Series. But I feel like the fact that you did bank a World Series over this run kind of wipes some of that away. And to me, it's like, I know I'm not a Braves fan. I get it. But like, to me, I would want to keep pushing and to deliver like that season that could be argued as the greatest season in the last X number of decades, because like, that's, that's like the signature achievement that the Braves could come out of this season with that really nobody else could lay claim to, particularly in the NL recently um, if they win the world series. And I don't know if to me that you're, your perspective would make a little bit more sense if we were talking about a situation like the Mariners where it always ends in heartbreak and you don't fucking care about what the regular season win total looks like. You just want the World Series. I don't know. The Braves just won. It yeah, feels a little
3: greedy. Like, dude, if, you go, have be, the if best, you're if you going to
2: be greedy, be greedy.
3: No, but if you have the best record in the, in the regular season and then you lose in, in the playoffs, it's definitely it, just more turns in, it just turns into a freaking make fun of it. You're a joke artist. You suck. You know what I'm saying? Just but more the, the, ammo to go against you.
2: Totally. It's a risk-reward scenario, but if you, you keep ratcheting up the risk with getting mocked like that, the payoff is even greater, too, because you're like, oh, fuck you. Like, not only do we win the World Series, but we're better than any team your franchise has produced in their entire fucking existence. Uh, suck on that sort of thing.
3: Respect. No, they're sucking. They're sucking on it. That's that's already been established. I'm just, I'm just telling you, Joe, as someone, like, the, the reason why I ask is because, like, I, I've done that. Like the Red Sox in 2018, it was their winningest team in franchise history. Like it did mean something. And when you do complete it and you go all the way and you win the World Series, like it it's like division champs, winningest team in franchise history, eliminated the Yankees, took down the Astros, beat the Dodgers, World Series champs. Like it's it just feels like the complete like everything, like you have all the infinity stones winning the world series. That's the ultimate. It's not like, like winning the world series trumps everything. But when you have like this piece and this piece and this, it's just like the most satisfying thing to be like, I saw the, the pinnacle, the Mecca of my favorite sports teams championships. Like I saw that. Like when you, when you get to the point that you're trying to get to where the Braves have you know they've won four world series titles in 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 a in a window of time with one core for the rest of your life you're going to be having the debate of which one did you like more which one was the better team could this team have beaten that team and sometimes the separator is well how can you go against a team that won more games than, than any other team in franchise history like that's a separator yeah well who is what Braves team won the most games Ninety-eight, I think.
2: It was not the team that won the World Series. I was just looking at this. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, The one Uh, hundred six win. Ninety-eight. Yeah, ninety-eight won one hundred six games. Okay. Well, we'll see. I like what you're saying. I want to do all the all those things, but I, you know, as Braves fans, regular season stuff at this point, I rather just not choke and get embarrassed in the playoffs yeah i think you know what i think you would have had a much different answer to this question if the braves at least made it to the nlcs last year i think that you are uh you have trauma you are <laughs> scarred from last year's playoff exit you have seen that you can have an excellent regular season and how that doesn't mean dick once you get to october Dodger fan probably feel the same way the way that they just absolutely manhandled the Padres in the regular season and continue to do so, have the better regular season record, have the way better head-to-head record, and how that didn't matter come October. I get it. You want to be on your toes. Yeah, I'm on You want to be on your toes. You want to be ready for anything. You can't be too cocky because the postseason is a different animal. I get all that. But it is pretty cool to, to witness your team's most winningest team ever. Mm-hmm. I'll just say this. Well, we're just be. talking about like best single season teams of all time. We just named up mm-hmm. a few of them. What, did we name a team that didn't win the World Series? A bunch. No, but like our like no, which teams did we name? Like this could be the best team of all time. They win. the didn't win the World Series. Jay Hayes said '86 Mets. I'm saying in our Yankees. lifetime.
2: I mean, I think I think there. We mentioned
3: it, the '95. The '95 Indians did not win at all. Yeah,
2: the I, I think. I don't think any team that didn't win the world series is going to get much momentum as the single greatest team of our lifetime. But I think there yeah. are lots of those teams that would be in the argument for the top five or the top 10. That's, that's what but I, that's the, what's interesting. The one
3: Mariners didn't even make it to the world series.
2: Like do, do we believe that the 6 Cardinals who won the world series with like whatever it was, 83, 83, wins. 83 wins. Do you, in your heart of hearts, believe that that is a better team than the 2001 Mariners? I, I No, mean,
3: but you'd rather be you but you'd rather be the cardinals
2: but what team is better right i would i'd rather have the ring right of course Mm -hmm. but is that the answer to who is better i don't know i i I don't know i'm not trying to say you're wrong i'm just saying i don't know what the criteria is it's different for every person but i would be inclined if i was really trying to put together the teams that i felt like were the best i think i'm going to put the 2001 mariners who proved what they were over 162 games before a team that got hot over the course of of one month but
3: yeah they got hot and they got healthy was the thing that, that lost in the narrative of the 83 win World Series champion Cardinals was that they had all their big boppers were fucked for the year. And then in September and October, they were like, actually, we're back like that. Was, they were two years removed from winning one hundred and five games and going to the World Series in 2004. They just happened to run into the big dick Red Sox. It happens. Anytime you play the Red Sox in the World Series, fucking smack you. But speaking of getting smacked by the Red Sox.
2: Oh, we back, baby. (laughs) I apologize for the delay. Our staff was on vacation, but that doesn't mean that we weren't monitoring the situation. Congratulations to Garrett Cole who after many, many attempts to summit the mountain, finally crossed the Baines line following his start on August 30th. He's not only the first pitcher to cross or join club 38.8 this season. He's the first to do so since both Adam Wainwright and Jacob deGrom joined the club back in 2021. Um, You know, obviously a fucking massive day uh a couple of days ago for garrett cole the cole family probably even brandon crawford you know what i mean given their connection uh it was probably a family-wide celebration um you know uh in terms of career achievements where does this rank well i mean garrett cole does not have a world series title he does not have a cy young So I would have to say if we're talking about six-time All-Star and an ERA title versus joining Club 38.8 and being enshrined in history, I would have to say that this is the single biggest accomplishment of Garrett Cole's professional or amateur career. Uh, So congratulations to him. Uh, I know we've been waiting for Christian to join the podcast since he crossed the mark, but while we're waiting for him, I would encourage Garrett, come on the podcast, talk about crossing the Baines line and joining club 38.8. I'm sure Yankee fans would love to hear about it in what's otherwise been a lost season. And that's the other thing that we can't overlook, right? That this is the biggest thing to happen to the New York Yankees in the 2023 season. And it's a little bit painful in some ways that you had to wait for September. I mean, September 4th for the official announcement by the the Baines Institute, but August 30th for the start to happen. Um, but, in the, but on the other hand, it's kind of special, right? Like, it gave you a little something to look forward to, a little carrot in front of the donkey. Um, and, you know, after drawing it out for basically a month, Garrett Cole delivered. So congrats to Garrett Cole. Congrats to the Cole family. Congrats to Aaron Boone. Congrats to the New York Yankees. Congrats to the New York Yankee fans, the Steinbrenners, everybody involved in this. And, of course, congrats to Harold himself. Thank you. And hey, congrats to the Baines Institute.
1: Thank you always, very much. It's,
2: always professional. Yeah, but it, a budding, a budding enterprise certainly. Uh, always respected, wow. but now getting the attention it deserves. The,
3: the pageant. Wow. It's incredible. Truly incredible. Didn't think we were going to see it this year. It was, Did not think we were going to see it this year. It's getting real
2: dicey there. Made me nervous.
3: He was he was really milking it. <laughs> he was. Uh, I don't know if he was waiting for, like, the Baines family to start showing up to his fucking starts or what.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like, but, judge got the treatment. Where the fuck is Harold?
3: Right. That's I actually a
2: really good point. Maybe that's what it was.
3: <laughs> I think he was waiting for the Baines family to show up in his starts. I mean,
2: let's fucking get real for a second. What is a bigger <laughs> deal? The American League home run record? Or, or crossing the Baines line? I think it's the Baines line. You think? I know. (laughs) (laughs) I just so shout out to Marla Henry, uh, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. Mrs. Baines. Um, Yep. Didn't show up, but Cole got it done anyway.
3: Yeah. (laughs) If you're looking to celebrate Garrett Cole crossing the Baines line, Knockaround sunglasses is where you got to be because they have Yankee pairs. You can wear official Yankee sunglasses thanks to Knockaround. In the heat of the summer, when you need a pair of great shades that you don't have to baby, Knockaround sunglasses is the go to for quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, as we just said, they just released their first set of teams for their official MLB collection, including the Red Sox and the Yankees. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on your overpriced sunglasses. Check out knockaround.com for great-looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks. Use the promo code ROCKET for free shipping on your order. We'll see you at Yankee Stadium uh, wearing your knockaround sunglasses, celebrating um, Garrett Cole finally. Crossing the Baines line. What an incredible accomplishment! Is that Joey taking a piss? Can you hear him taking a piss right now? Oh no, he's filling up his water bottle. You never know. You never know. They, like there's been times where, like he's anytime that there's an ad read, like he'll wander off and take a piss. I thought that was you taking a piss, but it was you filling up your water bottle. Mm-hmm. Professional. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm addicted yeah, to water. Sure. I'm addicted to water. That makes me have to pee a lot and drink water so i already ran out of this water during the pod and I, like me if you drink coffees in the morning and then you mm-hmm. take water on top of that you just piss like a fucking horse mm-hmm. where did that expression come from i mean like every animal pisses you never seen a horse pee dude they pee no. it takes them like three minutes to piss Yep. Yeah. horses horses piss for three minutes dude takes forever they will just fucking strong stream bro very strong stream interesting so they just have like big bladders then Oh, they're fucking huge yeah I've heard the expre- and I never understood the expression either but it was just like I gotta piss like a horse has to race but it's like I have to piss like a race horse yeah. I don't know there's something going on with horses and piss they pee it takes a long time I've seen it yeah that makes more sense uh, Why have you seen it? Why have you seen it? I was it? at a funeral. I was at a funeral as a kid at uh, Arlington National Cemetery. So they have like, you know, big horses there because it's like military and they have the horses and middle of the ceremony, pss, you know, <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was very young. But yeah. Uh, you saw in the middle of a cemetery, Arlington National Cemetery, a horse was just like, <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of like you know, you know. I'm sure military horse. You think they'd be able to train them better, like yo, don't pee in the middle of like a burial service for four fucking minutes. But that shit happens, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I I heard it's a sign of good luck. I'm sure it was. I don't know. No one had a problem with it. Everyone (laughs) everyone was, you know, like this is a horse. What are you gonna do? I mean, yeah, you definitely can't ask the horse nicely to stop doing that. Can't not me. I'm not a horse. Not a horse whisperer. No, no, no. Um, Jason Dominguez got called up. Who's that? Oh, you don't have anything nice to say about Jason Dominguez? Um, no, I don't. Never heard of him. Sigh. Huh. Oh, two homers two homers one opposite field in the crawford boxes first yeah. swing of his career off verlander um i was watching that live on my phone i was out about and i was like damn he really just did that that's legendary i mean think of that like all the hype this guy had this kid because he's 20 years old all the hype this kid had like he was basically labeled the best prospect ever and then labeled the most overrated prospect ever not ever But you know what I'm saying? By the time he was like 18, which is kind of crazy. And then to come into the big leagues and literally your first swing off Verlander do that. I mean, it's got to make Yankees fans feel like this is like maybe they're getting ahead of him. But it seems like he's like the chosen one. I mean, who does that? Well, I mean, I think it was one video of this dude taking batting practice when he was 17 years old and immediately... Not just Yankee Twitter, like baseball Twitter was like, there's no way this dude is 17. (laughs) Like, that's a grown ass man taking daddy hacks. Like, he's built, like, I mean, uh, he looked like a star and he was a teenager. He was the same age as a high school senior, just waffling baseballs, looking like a grown ass man. Um, So it was definitely one of the more highly anticipated call ups I I can recall. Uh, What's like the most, in your time, Jay Hay, what's the most, Highly anticipated call up for the New York Yankees because they love the hype machine over there. Like, it's not like I think it's I think it's a little dramatic to say, oh, man, it's the most highly anticipated call up since Derek Jeter.
2: I'm trying. It is dramatic to say that. I'm trying to think of who the answer actually would be, though, in place of Greg Bird. ah. See, it's
3: like it's it's, also toughly in
2: that in that
3: era. It's like the Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge, Greg Bird, and then fucking Tyler Austin. I feel like baby bombers.
2: I feel like I have been hearing about Jason Dominguez prior to his even even despite how fast it is that he got called up. I feel like I've been I heard a lot more about him on the way up than I did even about Aaron Judge, who wasn't like some fucking piece of shit prospect. Obviously, he was a high end prospect um, and all that sort of stuff. I. I don't know. I, I, I'm hesitant to say the answer is Jeter, but I just don't recall the hype on those other guys being quite this high. Like Tanaka was not a call up, but no, but like, you know, I think his hype in general exceeded that of the baby bombers, uh, prior to the, I mean, maybe Robbie Cano, is that a possible answer? I'm trying to I still
3: think I still think it's somewhere in there. I got like the baby bomber call ups in 2016 were a big deal.
2: No doubt. No doubt. Um, I don't I'm not because this
3: one wasn't like like they're not treating Jason Dominguez as the second coming. Really?
2: No, but I don't think which Aaron is weird, Judge, right? <laughs> I don't think Aaron Judge but was th- treated as the second coming when he was actually called up, though, either. Like, I think no. the hope was is that this is a guy with massive, massive power that we hope we that hope we can tap into it at the major league level. And he was so much better, so much faster than I think even the most optimistic Aaron judge fans thought, like we're talking about Joey started it off. Like this guy's had the Martian nickname since like pre signing with the Yankees. I just feel like the, even if he, even if we're all on the same page that he, the chances of him being as good as Aaron judge are very, very low. Um, I just feel like the hype exceeded what we got from the Baby Bombers prior to, prior to the call up. And I can't really put myself back in the headspace of what the hype was when Robinson Cano got called up. That's just a little too long. I mean, he, his first year was 05. That's just a little tough to pull right now. But um, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I would go. I think if pressed, I would say Derek Jeter, actually. Really? Yeah, I would. I would. I think.
3: I don't know. I don't. I don't think. Like, because I think what we're forgetting, because of who they became, or who he became. Uh, I think the Gary Sanchez hype was greater than Judge and Austin and agree, Bird. Agree. You know what? I'm gonna call Hubs. I'm gonna call Hubs and see if he answers. He he doesn't usually. It's probably smart. But we'll see what he says. Hello. Eric. Jared. Uh, We're having a discussion right now on the podcast. Don't worry. Dallas is not here. It's just me, Joey and Jay. Hay, and Jay. Which podcast? Oh, this is the, okay. Yeah, this is baseball's dad. Um, Okay. So, hey, Hey, what's up, buddy? (laughs) We're talking about the Jason Dominguez call up and trying to make a comparison to like when, when like the last hyped Yankee prospect like, we don't have to go back to Jeter. Like, I'm saying it's somewhere in the Baby Bomber era where it was like Tyler Austin, Greg Bird, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, like, around that time. Like, would you agree with that? Because do you think that Jason Dominguez hype is greater than any of the hype from those guys?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like, like Judge wasn't hyped at all. He was just this large man, <laughs> this oversized man who, like, yeah, but, like, he wasn't, like, this hyped it, we're talking a guy, I mean, Jeff Patson is an asshole for what he did. Uh, what did he do? Yeah, he, in the article, like when he first signed with the Yankees, he threw out the Bo Jackson, uh, Mickey Mantle, <laughs> Mike Trout stuff. <laughs> that, just, that just like blew this way out of proportion. Got it. Um, in terms of hype, I mean, because of that and, you know, he's been here, it's been four years, I think, since he came over. Uh, it's not Judge. Obviously, Glaber came over from the Cubs gary maybe
1: maybe that, that's gary, what i but said
0: it's, but it's more than gary but but like that's the closest i can think of but the, honestly the name that comes to, to my head is, is like when phil hughes and java came up oh that's like uh, those that's guys. the answer
2: that's the answer yes hubs yeah, is right yeah yep. so
0: when, when they came up they that was like uh whoa like these guys are gonna blow us away and they did for a period of time when they first came up you know java was like one of the first guys for 100 miles an hour and all that so yeah i go to those two guys no that's yeah that's 100% that makes way the more sense answer.
2: i i would go as far as to say is java's on the short list of most hyped debuts and overall like situations upon debut that we've seen on any team in our lifetimes like that i i would like yeah i would agree right? also
0: because like his excitement and the way he threw and like all of that, just like, you know, it was just a fireball of hype. No doubt.
3: Yeah. Jabba was the dude that, uh, when he first came up, they had like the Jabba rules t-shirts yeah. where it's like the way that they would baby him and manage him. And like, is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a reliever? But yep. either way, he's the face, of the franchise already. And he was screaming, coming off the mound. He's throwing at Kevin Uclis, head. He's covered in midges. Yeah, yeah, the Jabba era, at least for like the first year or so, because the fall-off was quick, right? Like when they tried to make him a starter. Well, he got hurt.
0: He got hurt because of the rules and shit, because they, they thought they knew how to manage him, and then they didn't, because they're morons. But but when he was on the mound, like almost any time he got on the mound, you would, I don't even know if texting was a thing, but like you would you would be like, hey, we have to watch this. Like, stop what we're doing, Jabba's pitching. Like we would have to, like, and that that's kind of what we're getting here with Dominguez, any time he's at the plate, like you have to stop what you're doing and just run to a TV because I'm crazy so far.
2: Can I yeah, can I ask yeah. Cubs a question about Dominguez while we have him? Please. Yeah. So I was looking at his Savant yeah. page and um this is kind of like obviously small sample size caveats and all that sort of stuff. But uh he's seeing like basically no fastballs relative to like the league. I looked at all the people who have seen at least 25 pitches this year and there are six hundred and seventeen of them. And the last two in fastball percentage are Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells. Like, does that line up with how you're supposed to approach these people from their minor league scouting report? Or is this just kind of like something that's, you think will even out? Like can, can Dominguez handle breaking stuff in your opinion?
0: I think that definitely, I feel like any top pros, any prospect of of that nature, you, you attack them with breaking balls. Like, I feel like they can hit like, they all hit fastballs. So it's like, Hey, can you hit the curveball? Can you hit the break ball? Um, I think it was an issue for him early on. He's, his development has been crazy good. Like he's, it's he's just like a, if you just look look at tape from like 21 when he first started playing in the minors to now, it's just a completely different player. Um, his plate recognition, his strike zone recognition is is really good. Like it's it, it, it's developed into a way where I don't think they ever anticipated this quickly. Um, but yeah, it doesn't shock me that teams are going to try and attack those guys with breaking balls because, you know, like, you know, they, 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 they hunt fastballs. I feel like, I feel like that's kind of what our philosophy is. But, um, yeah, the fact that he's looked so far okay is <laughs> a really good sign because he's super young still. So he's 20 years old. Wells is a little bit more polished. Like, he's, he should have been up months ago. Like, it, it, he was just r- stuck in double A for no reason, uh, it felt like. So, um, yeah, it's crazy to see. But, yeah, I, I would agree that I think it's more just minor leaguers struggle with curveballs when they first come up. That'd be it. Uh,
3: how have the vibes changed around, like, the Yankee fans? Because I feel like you guys were absolutely miserable. Like, it's a last-place team. You got a bunch of bloated contracts, aging veterans that all suck. And then out of nowhere, you just call up the kids. Like, did you go from, like, this is unwatchable – I'm not going to even pay attention to this to, are you now like reinvigorated? Like, are you watching these games with excitement now? Yeah.
0: I mean, this weekend was like this whole year is just absolute misery to the point where like, I I can't remember being this, this, just, just feeling this way at this time of the year at any point in my life, like watching the Yankees. And yeah, this weekend, the way they just kicked at Houston's ass and just ran circles around them. And you have, five, this is just guys who were in middle school the last time the Yankees uh, swept the Astros. like, And they're just, it, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, Yeah, it, it's a weird feeling. It's weird and depressing because like, where was this a month ago? Because yeah. they're completely out of it. You know, they're eight and a half back. There's nothing, there's no scenario where they're getting in. So, you know, this is all just exhibition for the most part. You're watching spring training games, you know, Dominguez sitting third. And it's really exciting because up until this point, I had no faith for 20, 2024 either because the way the contracts are, are working, like they're not losing much money off of payroll. So you're essentially just running this back short of maybe one or two changes. Um, but you use all the kids now. It's like, all right. Well, maybe you got some 2017 vibes going into next year. and It's exciting. And yeah, people are going to want to go. I really think Hal only called up Dominguez because he realized he's not going to get any of the October money anymore, uh, this year. And, no one's gonna watch this this terrible team in September. But if you got Dominguez and all the kids there, people are gonna go. Like they're home this week. It's the Tigers. Like people are gonna to want to see these guys in person with what they just did to Houston, even if it means nothing on the standings. Like so, yeah. There's an excitement, no doubt. Like they've got me in September and I, and a few weeks ago. I don't think I, as as much as I love this team. I I really didn't care. And with football starting and you know, I'm a tennis freak. Like those are all ahead in priority of this team, but. With Dominguez here, Volpe, Peraza, Pereira, Wells, even as Waldo, like you got to watch the team. Kay. You got to. It's fun.
2: I got one more question for him, if that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, given what we just talked about before he hopped on, I figured it would be weird if we didn't ask Hubs. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you were talking about how the season was kind of a slog, and I know that was true right up until about August 30th when Garrett Cole took the mound and joined, you know, the legends in Yankees history and baseball history by crossing the Baines line, uh, and joining club 38.8. Um, (laughs) you know, obviously now above, uh, the career war of Harold Baines. Where were you when that moment happened, when he came off the mound? Uh, what were your feelings? And did
3: you cry? Be honest. Yeah.
2: I just want your honest kind of raw. I know it's a couple days later, but as raw reaction as you can remember from, from that moment.
0: Yeah, um, I know the Baines line means a lot to you. Um uh, that was, that so the was. the baseball moment. world. Yeah, I, I, to the baseball world. Yeah, yeah, the baseball world. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, um, it, honestly, it took until about last night for me to get over it. Um, and, you know, just you know, reflecting and, you know, watching all of his starts on YouTube before that. It's just, it's a big moment in, in world history that, that I'm shocked, like, wasn't being covered as much as it did. But, uh, it was special. Um, may have shed a tear. Um, I was alone. Um, I think it was it was right to be alone too, not like in a bar scene Mm -hmm. or all that. Like Mm -hmm. it was was a special moment. So uh, yeah, it's something I always always cherish for sure. I think he
2: said it really well. Uh, World history. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a where were you
3: kind of moment um, for a lot of people. Uh, And then the last thing for me, hubs, um, you know, all these guys getting called up. You mentioned all the different prospects and uh, the way that the season has shifted. So would you? In your opinion, would you say that... um
0: U.S. <laughs> back, baby! That's just not, it's not nice. But we did have a conversation on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about the future, how mm-hmm. we're feeling about it. Yeah. I feel a little better about my future than yours at the moment, <gasps> I feel like. Uh, and everything's kind well, of, that's, of rock
3: That's bottom. stupid. That's oh. a stupid thing to say.
0: Yeah. The Red Sox are really flying high.
3: I mean, yeah, they will be, especially this offseason. Yeah, that was a real, I'm going to, you know what? Uh, Jake, 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 clip that, clip that. I want to save that. You are the king of saying things that you shouldn't say. Like that is like a very clippable, like I have a For whole. For me s- to
0: say that I like the Yankees future more than the Red Sox? Yeah,
3: that is a very stupid thing to say considering. Why? You. Your future is, you know what? I'm not, I'm, a, I, I'm not
0: going to <laughs> cr- I don't I don't it's I, I had Red Sox fans all year talk shit to me. And you got You're are bringing back
3: sack. Aaron Boone, you're bringing back fucking Brian Cashman, like all the things that got you to this position. Yeah, with- and John Henry's still your owner. Yeah, and he still spends top 5 in the league. <laughs> he's the guy who made you trade Mookie Betts no, Dave Dombrowski is the guy that made that. No, no, yes, no, no. Yes, no, no, yes, no, no yes, yes, no, no. Eric, Eric, come on. Jared. Listen, you're both right. Jared. Guys, because they let you in Fenway right.
0: Park and let you walk around the place doesn't mean you have to defend John Henry to the death. Yeah. You know, just,
3: no. <laughs> what? Come on. They won't let what him walk around say? anymore. He's basically blacklisted. The whole team hates yeah, him. Yeah, I'm blacklisted, dude. I don't really even go to Fenway anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't go. Uh, I just I've been watching Logan Paul documentaries.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, life's going great. The Red Sox served a month ago, and you're watching Logan Paul documentaries.
3: Yeah, dude. I mean, it's we are we've already called up our guys, and like we're getting more guys. Where, where
0: the- is Blaze
3: Jordan? Double A, I think.
0: I feel like I heard that name the same time Dominguez kind of got. Going here?
3: No, no, no. He was the same draft. Uh, was he the 19 draft? He might have been the 19 draft.
0: Blade. Yeah, yeah. And Dominguez didn't start playing in the minor leagues till 21.
3: Okay, and I think Casas was the 18 draft, and he this is his rookie year.
0: Well, I'm saying he called up all your guys. You didn't. You blaze. Like I, I've heard that blaze guy more than anyone. Maybe it's just because Coley loved his name so much.
3: But he's in he's in Double A. Yeah, he got. Is he stuck? No. He is. <laughs> he. In, We're
0: having a conversation.
3: He started. <laughs> he started the year. He started the year in high A, and hit 324 with a 918 OPS, and he's struggled a little bit since his promotion. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Don't you have a shortstop? Where's Marcelo?
3: He's not. He's not done well since his promotion to double A. Okay. <laughs> Good. Okay. Roman Anthony, Roman Anthony, number nine prospect I, in baseball. I heard, I he got that. promoted I, I today. Kyle Teal, first round pick this year, already promoted to Double A less than two months after getting drafted by the Boston Red Sox. Like those are the names that you should be asking me about. You're just Jay, you're just being a bully. Jake, cut these. Well, last, you don't even know. Last you months. haven't
0: even said Spencer Jones's name yet. He's my number one prospect. <laughs> Who? Spencer Jones, our first no round one, pick from last year no from one Vanderbilt. His name. He's now, Oh, he's in Double A. He's off.
3: That's just not true. That's not
0: true.
3: Uh, always great to talk to you, Eric. It's always, it's always, it's always a pleasure. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. I was just happy to have a conversation with Jay. Hey, that was that was great. You did that for me. You guys have a great weekend. You too, Rest buddy. Your Today's fucking Monday, dude. Yeah, it's, it's Labor Day weekend, you idiot. What <laughs> an idiot. Unbelievable. All right. Thank you, Eric. Goodbye. Yeah, bye. Dude said, have a great rest of your weekend on Monday. Like, yeah, it's a holiday, but clearly we're working, asshole. What are you, an idiot? But anyways, if you want to go to Yankee Stadium to see all the players that Hubbs is excited about. Got to use the GameTime app. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Uh, they've got flash deals on last-minute mm-hmm. tickets. Easy to find. Buy tickets to every kind of event in your area. Uh, Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals, like I mentioned, on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you are set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the game time app right now. Create an account. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use the promo code Jared for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zen nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zen nicotine pouches are already there. Zen has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zin. Zin is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths, so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus. Every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zin swag, even gift cards. Find your Zyn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's z y n dot com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Uh, Do we lose Joe or is he back? Uh, He's back. I'm back. Okay. Um, Joseph, any, uh, any final thoughts before we enjoy the rest of our weekend here? Um, a final thought would just be, you know, let's I'm excited for the Astros versus Rangers series because yeah. that's gonna be that's probably the best series going on this week. Is um, that a day game today? That, yeah, it starts at four and um Yeah, Dolas kind of saved the Rangers yesterday. Yeah, that's that that sick ass walk off. And that, that might be the thing that gets them back because they have been struggling since mid August. They are they have been terrible. And that's the same time that the, that the fucking Mariners turned it around and Houston turned it around. I think they're in, in real trouble if they don't start winning because the season could go from like, woo, Rangers, to, oh, you choked.
1: Yeah. Dolly hits that one high in the air. Deep out to left. A soaring blow is gone.
3: He was hype. He was hype. That was one of the most hype walk-off home runs the entire season. Doliz Garcia. Um, yeah, that would be That would be a, a series that you're probably going to want to pay attention to. I could even call that a pimp job. Like, the way he just, like, his reaction to hitting you that home run at it. was yeah. like, fuck. Like, why did I do that? And <laughs> it was like, oh, shit. That was a fucking bomb, and then got hyped. But it's like it looked like he just popped out to the shortstop and was like about you know pissed at himself. It was sick. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Jay, final thoughts?
2: Um, I mean, I know I brought it up earlier, but I'm just, <clears throat> I mean, this is the last stand for the Guardians, so um, that is candidly what I'm focused on today uh, as far as the baseball schedule goes. Again, Pablo Lopez versus Lucas Giolito, and I, you know, if they can't win this game, they enter five back. Um they pretty much need to sweep the series, as far as I'm concerned. Um not as far as I'm concerned, just as far as the math is concerned. So yeah, that's what I'm uh that's what I'm looking forward to or looking for at the next podcast. Yeah. Uh Jake's takes.
3: I'm just happy for the Yankees, man. You got Dominguez being called up, Garrett Cole passing the Baines line. It's just mm-hmm. good to see after you thought the season was lost. Mm-hmm. Great point. In my opinion, it's still lost. But that's just my opinion.
2: I think that that's a great question, maybe to marinate on for the next podcast is, you know, having somebody cross the Baines line worth missing the playoffs? Like, which would you rather have make the playoffs? Have a player cross the Baines line. <clears throat> would,
3: well, it was obviously a shot in the arm for the team. It's like, you we know, you need know, how much wins above replacement should that be worth? Just because, you know, when you hit it, you're going to, you know, the, the morale is going to go up. So, I mean, that's probably half win right there. Just passing 38.8. Mm-hmm. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good call. Um, all right. We'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, enjoy the next couple of days. Some Some good matchups, some good series happening around the league. We'll be right back here to break it all down for you on the Wednesday episode of Baseball is Dead. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you on Wednesday. We go.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.